Welcome to a special From the Stacks episode of How's Things, a podcast from the David A. Howe Public Library. This week, we're doing a special Christmas Book Club edition. Now, the Christmas Book Club every year at the library is usually a pretty big deal and pretty well attended. But this year, we were pretty confident that we weren't going to get a lot of people coming to the library to sit in the freezing cold. So I'm joined by Amy Klein. Amy, welcome. Thank you. So Amy and I are going to be talking about our book club book this week on this special From the Stacks episode. Amy, is this the first book club we've done together? Yes, definitely. Well... What a way to start, right? When you're <laughs> not able to <laughs> actually meet with people. Here are some of the Christmas book clubs we've done in the past. So we've done Landline by Rainbow Rowell, which is a lot of fun. That is set sort of over Thanksgiving and Christmas and has a time travel element, which is kind oh. of kooky. Do you like sci-fi? Are you a sci-fi fan at all? I like to watch sci-fi. Forget about reading it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we did Mr. Dickens and His Carol by Samantha Silva. And this was more about... Charles Dickens and the writing of uh, A Christmas Carol, which I love. Do you like, are, are you a fan of A Christmas Carol? Yes, okay, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we always watch the Muppet Christmas Carol. You, <laughs> I mean, you can't avoid that. I've never that. seen that. You never have? No, oh I my should gosh. though, Amy, I think this is the Christmas for you to watch it. <laughs> uh, we read Little Women by Louisa May Alcott, which is a very long book. We read Six Geese a Slaying by Donna Andrews. Now, I love these cozy mysteries that have goofy puns in the, in the names, you know? <laughs> always crack me up. Uh, we read In the Bleak Midwinter by Julia Spencer Fleming. We did that one when the author was actually here at the library, and we interviewed her back on the All the Books show, so that was fun. Cool. We did A Highland Christmas by M.C. Beaton. We did Jerusalem Inn by Martha Grimes, and I honestly can't remember a single thing about that book. <laughs> I, I, I know that I read it. I know we talked about it. I couldn't even I couldn't even guess what that was about. I don't know why that one just didn't stick with me. M- more recently, in the last couple of years, we did Santa Claude by Rita Mae Brown and Sneaky Pie Brown, who is a cat. She has a co-author who's a cat. So wow. I don't know how helpful Sneaky Pie was in the writing of that book, but we did last year was Twelve Clues of Christmas by Reese Bowen, which is that's a pretty fun series. That's the Her Royal Spinus series. And this year, we're doing Silent Night by Robert B. Parker and Helen Bran. Had you ever, have you read Robert Parker before? No, this is my first time. Okay. What kind of books do you normally like? I like to read mystery ones. Okay. That has a whole lot of action. Oh, you like action. Yeah, okay. So like, you know, as a kid, Nancy Drew and stuff. Oh, so yeah. Okay. Now it's just for adults. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I'm a big Robert Parker fan. I've, I've read a ton of his books. I've read, I don't know, maybe the first 10 or so of the Spencer books. So nice. I was already familiar with this character. So once we get into it. That was a question I had for you. Like, did it work for you as a start for the, for the series? But we'll get into that in a second. We've done two full episodes on Robert B. Parker's works back on the All the Books show. Episode 28, A Hamburger's Bookmark, the Robert B. Parker Spotlight. And episode 237, Spencer Confidential, where we talked about the Spencer Confidential movie adaptation and Robert Parker in general. So let's get into Silent Night. First of all, this is book 41.5 of the Spencer series. So this came right after the wow. 41st. Yeah, it's a long-running series in the series. This was actually published after Robert B. Parker died. And it has kind of an interesting story to it. So Robert B. Parker wrote, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe 30, 38, 39 Spencer books before he died. He was working on this one when he died, and it just sort of got shelved. And several books came out by other authors writing in the Spencer series. I think it was Ace, Ace Adkins maybe who first picked up the series. Mm. But this was actually finished by Helen Brand. It says that right on the cover here. Helen Brand was Robert B. Parker's literary agent. 
So they'd worked together since the 1970s. And so she was, oh, wow. yeah. So they had a nice long history together. She, of course, was very familiar with his writing style. And she's actually the one who finished it. So this came out years after he died and after other authors had been writing Spencer for quite a while. So it was kind of nice to have another Parker penned Spencer novel again. Yeah. So that's how this came about. It's short. I thought it was a pretty quick read, don't you think? Yes, it was. I yeah. had large print, so I was flying. Oh, yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> that's the nice thing about large print, because it feels like you're reading at super speed, because you turn the page so quickly. Yes, and then I look at the book, and I'm like, wow, I barely made yeah, it down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess let's talk a little bit about the plot of this book. Uh, the main characters would be Spencer. Susan Silverman, who is a therapist and Spencer's girlfriend. You have Hawk, who is kind of Spencer's partner in his PI business. Mm -hmm. uh, he's sort of the muscle of the group, and they have a fun relationship. Those are the three primary characters. The plot of this one deals with a, I don't know, kind of an unofficial shelter, wouldn't you say? Yes, definitely. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, essentially a homeless shelter, but not, like, not an officially sanctioned one. It's called, yeah. what's it called? Do you remember? The street business. Street business. That's right. And so it's Jackie Alvarez who's running that. And there's a kid named Slide. And Slide is the one who comes to Spencer. Yes. At first you're like, nah. You're like, what? Yeah. Um, but as you get through the story, it's just, okay, that actually makes a little more sense yeah. that the kid comes. Yeah. Instead of the actual exactly. man in need to help. Right. Because Jackie is having, it, there's people who are trying to buy up all the places around street business and are sort of putting the muscle on Jackie to sell. Do you think, I mean, do you think that's their goal to get him to get street business just to close oh, down? Definitely. Yeah. Partly. I think it's annoyance. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You can <laughs> yeah. hear that. Yeah. And of course there's secret reasons behind yes. it, which we don't want to divulge. Right, that's quite right. Yet. Yes. We are going to try. We talked about it before we, before we started this, Amy and I are going to try to talk about the book <laughs> without giving away like the real linchpin of the book. So you can still read it. <gasps> But we're going to have to spoil a little bit, so just be prepared for that. For sure. So, yeah, so Slide comes to Spencer and says, you know, Jackie's having trouble. There's kind of a murky relationship with Jackie's brother, Juan, who, I mean, he, he is kind of funding street business, though. Juan is, Juan he is. is like bankrolling He bought it, it yeah. and he's helping it go along. But you kind of get, like, as things go on, that maybe Juan is not as noble as you were originally led to believe. Absolutely. Well, you're like, oh, he's such a good brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, wow, so generous. Yeah. Man, I wish I had Juan, you know, exactly. to pay all my bills. Yep, but. yep. And it doesn't doesn't quite last. As, as, as these books usually go, the more Spencer digs into it, the more problems arise from that. So, uh, yeah. You know, a little bit more, a little bit more starts happening later on. But that's that's the basic gist of the book. Spencer and Hawk are looking in on this situation with Jackie, the kid Slide, Jackie's older brother Juan, and all these problems around the street business shelter. Yeah. Okay, so let me go back to my original question. Having never read this author, not being familiar with his characters, was this an okay entry point, or were you confused about relationships and who people were? Yes, it took me a while. When okay. I first read it, I was like, now, is this a guy or a girl? <laughs> okay. And finally, I had to look in the back and it says Spencer. And okay. He, and I got, okay. You got, we got that. Wow. So it's okay, a guy. So even, all right. So, but the first, it was like, okay, it's a slow book. Yeah. But once you get into it and get some of the characters yeah. and you realize, okay, I can definitely tell this is a series. Yeah. And it did not take long for you to catch okay. everything. And so, yeah, it was a good start. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Because I was kind of worried about that as I was reading it through because like, you know, when, once you've read these characters in several books now, you have kind of have a shorthand for what their relationships are and how they interact. And I just wasn't sure 
going in blind if that was going to come across. But it sounds like, you know, you, you picked up on it pretty quickly. Yes. The story itself is like in one book. Yeah. So it's now like spread into three different volumes. Yeah. So that's what mainly helped if, if this story began in a mm-hmm. whole different book, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like one of the differences I noticed, and I and I don't really know just how far along in writing this Robert B. Parker was when he passed away. I'm not hmm. sure, you know, what the percentage is of Robert Parker writing it versus Helen Brand finishing it. Mm-hmm. But one thing I did notice is there was a difference in the dialogue. So Robert B. Parker's books tend to be very sparse and they're really dialogue heavy. So it's not a lot of like narration telling you what's going on. It's more about characters having conversations and that's how you kind of flesh out the oh. story. So I felt like this was kind of the opposite of that, where there was much more narration and not nearly as much dialogue. So as a fan of Robert B. Parker, that's one thing that did stand out to me. But I guess you probably wouldn't notice that, having never read the others. No. Okay. Uh, but now I look back, I do recall, you know, there's a whole lot of narrative. It is, yeah. It's much, it is much heavier that way. I mean, not that it was really problematic. I think it still works as a book, but uh, it just it felt a little different, I think, than, than Parker's stuff normally does. Did you think it was Christmassy enough? To be honest, no. I agree. See, that that is my biggest complaint here, I think, because other than like a few references to the fact <laughs> that it was taking place at Christmas, I didn't really find much Christmassy in it at all. No, no. It Yeah, it pretty much was in the beginning and in the end. And I noticed that the title mainly came from what someone said in the book. Yeah. Had nothing to do with the story. Right. Yeah, exactly. There was nothing <laughs> silent about this book. No, no. Um, <laughs> But it was definitely, I was trying to write a review and I was like, Christmas. Yeah. This is not Christmas. Thing. Yeah. But it's, the book is out on the cover. It's I very know. Christmas. That's the thing. I mean, you've got the title and you've got the, you know, clearly the marketing for the book is like, <laughs> this is a Christmas book. But it wouldn't surprise me to learn that this was written as just a, a standard Spencer novel and then was gone back in and added some Christmas scenes because. For sure. It was, I mean, I, I, I. The, the Spencer series, one of the hallmarks is that Spencer's this great cook. And it's, he's always really descriptive about the kind of things that he's making. So I usually leave these books feeling hungry. <laughs> and I think <laughs> that came through a little bit when he's making the holiday meal and he's talking about the turducken, you know. Yeah, I was like, you that do, was interesting. Yeah, yeah. So you do get a little bit of it there, but that wasn't a big element of it. I just think it would have been relatively simple to amp up the Christmassy in this. Yes, like snow, yeah. uh, singing, yes. you know, and Christmas tree lights right. and stuff. And even even just when he's interacting with people, there was there just wasn't much talk of, of just what you're saying. Yeah, it, it wasn't like, you know, oh, the streets were so busy with shoppers or anything. It was nothing. It was like, you know, three or four chunks where it was like, it's Christmas, don't forget it's Christmas. It, it's not a Hallmark story. No, it's definitely not. No, no, it's <laughs> definitely not. So I would say... As a Christmas book, it kind of fails because it definitely didn't get me in the Christmas spirit. No. <laughs> the food, the, on the other hand. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, like I said, food. I'm hungry. But That's it. Yeah, I'm not, not feeling Christmassy. Did you think it was a good mystery? It was. Okay. It started slow. Yes. You know, very slow. And I yes. was like, oh boy, this is going to be interesting. But towards the end, with the um, plot closing and yeah. everything coming to together, yeah. it was quite exciting. I couldn't. Yeah. I had to finish it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for me, I was like impressed. I was like, it yeah. turned out better than I expected. Yeah. So yes, it was a good mystery. Okay, <laughs> I agree with you that it was that it was a slow start. Like it took 
it's not a long book, first of all, as we've said. It's not a long book. No. And I feel like you're about halfway in before you really get a sense of what the mystery even is. Yes. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, you have you have an idea. I mean, clearly, something's going on. Like, something is, is greater, you know, in the, in the greater world is happening with this street business, whatever's happening here with Juan Alvarez and all that. You, like, you know something's up, but, like... You really don't find that out until a long way into what's going on. No, but it did not take you long to guess who the bad guy yes, is. Yes, that's and, true. And, oh, I wonder if this is what's going to happen. And yeah. then you're like, and there it is. Yep. I rest my case. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, you, when you start with the with the with this benefactor who's this mysterious older brother who doesn't really have much of a relationship with Jackie who runs the shelter, yet he's paying all the bills, you have to kind of wonder, like, what's going on? Yeah. What's, what's happening here, old one? But <laughs> I mean, without uh, without divulging too much, we have we have some drug trafficking going on. We have kind of a darker plot that that runs through towards the end, where it yeah. gets into a little bit about taking advantage of you know, immigrant families who mm-hmm. don't really have a recourse to like stop what's happening. Like they're afraid yeah. to tell the police. They're like afraid to get help. And the bad guys. We won't get into it, but the bad guys are really taking advantage of that. So I thought that was actually a pretty dark plot it to have was. in here. Well, especially compared to the beginning. Yes. In the beginning, you're like dealing with absolutely yeah. just easy yeah. day in, day out. Yep. And then boom. Yeah. Midway, literally midway yes. through. You're like slapped with this dark side. And yeah. you're like, okay. Yeah. Into some excitement. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it, but it was well written. Yeah. So... I yeah, I think I think enough of like Parker's style. Even though, like I said, it wasn't as dialogue heavy as they they typically are. I think enough of his style came through that if you're a fan of the series, it's not jarring to read this. You know, you're mm-hmm. not like, whoa, what is this? But it does have a bit of a different tone, and I feel like it could have been a little bit more successfully layered. So you don't have such a such a twi- like a. It's not even a twist. It's just a tonal shift in the middle of the book when it suddenly becomes, oh, okay, we're doing this kind of book. Like, no more (laughs) quasi-holiday novel anymore. Yeah. But I think I liked it, you know? Like, I I think if it would have been longer, you know, if it would have been... Because it's really more of a Christmas novella, I would say. Like, it's length. I think if it was on standard size pages without these crazy margins, it would be half the length. You know, I think it'd probably Margin. be like 140 pages. Oh, I, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I feel like if it was longer, I probably would have been a little bored with it. But as is, you know, it was it was a quick read and I had a decent time. Your expectation has to be matching the book before you read True. it. Yes. Because your if your expectation is much higher, yeah, yeah. excitement, you're going to be like... Well, yeah. first two pages, I'm done. Right. It's, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's relatively low key. But I, I, I went in reading and not knowing what it was going to be like. Sure. Yeah. So I think that really helped me. Yeah. Because uh, if I expected this to be a castle book, yeah. you know, then it would have been like a little disappointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was good for a, just a simple reading. Yeah, I agree. I, I, think the, I think the biggest drawback to it is that like if you're going to do a Christmas book, just do a Christmas book. And so the fact that this one didn't lean into that, I feel like it makes it sort of hard to recommend because if you're a Spencer fan, I think, yeah, I mean, when you get to this point in the series, definitely read it. Like, you don't skip it. But if you're looking for, like, a Christmas read, I would not recommend this no. either. No. So I guess I would say it's primarily for fans of Spencer who are reading the series anyway. 
because I don't think it's strong enough to just be like, here, read this book as a standalone. And it's certainly not Christmassy enough to to merit like Christmas fiction status. No, it's not your Christmas carol. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I love the characters in it. Like, oh, yeah, they make these boring, quote unquote, boring characters and they just make them alive. And it kind of makes you realize that just because they look gaudy on the outside or boring on the outside, they're really not. Yeah. You know, each person has their own problems, mm-hmm. own the issues, yeah. you know, and own hopes and stuff. I agree. I think that's one of Robert Parker's strengths is making sure that even even small supporting characters do feel like fleshed out real characters. Like I've always said that he manages to accomplish a lot with a little. So even characters who are maybe just like one scene, it's not a waste. It's not just like... Spencer needs somebody to bounce this dialogue off of. So here's this like sort of blank person. It feels more like care was taken to make sure that those supporting characters are real characters so that that dialogue bounces right back. And I feel like that's one of the things that he's really good at is, is adding that charm and realism to all the characters. Yes. Well, one of my favorite characters would be uh, slide. Okay. Yeah. And for me, I could relate to him because, Mm -hmm. you know, he's being an orphan or whatever. And he's attached to this one particular person. Yes who's helped him. And me, it was I was raised in an orphanage uh-huh. in China. So I realized when you're attached to one person, mm-hmm. you have a hard time letting them go. Okay. And so I saw that. I was like, oh, yes, that is so real. Mm-hmm. Kids are so tender. Mm-hmm. And they're easily attachable, mm-hmm. especially if you um, nudge them with love. Mm-hmm. So with that, was, I really liked how the character slide okay. ended with. Well, it's interesting to get your perspective on that because... I think that is one of the things that really sort of sells the book is that relationship. And that's something that Parker has dealt with before in other series. Like he has a uh, Sonny Randall series that's another PI series that sort of intersects with this a little bit. And in the early stages of that, Sonny kind of takes in a girl who is, she just doesn't really have much. You know, she doesn't really have anybody looking out for her. And Sonny takes her in. And their dynamic is the thing that really sells that first book. And so seeing it here again with, with Slide and Spencer, that was kind of a heartwarming element, you know, that, that does kind of work with the Christmas theme. Yeah, yeah. Well, but one of my favorite parts was when um, Slide got hurt mm-hmm. by bad guys. Yeah. And it was like, okay, he was not fooling around no. anymore. No. He is going to hurt you yeah, until yeah. you tell him <laughs> exactly. what he wants to yeah. know. Kid gloves come off at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you found their relationship to be like realistic and believable. Absolutely. Okay. I was once that position. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Especially yeah. if you protected them at once. Mm-hmm. Then there is the bond. Mm-hmm. There is that um, special love for you. Yeah. And kids, they love mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. And so, and with just how tender he is yeah. and fragile at the same time, yeah. you see that this child is willing to do anything for you mm-hmm. because you helped him. Yeah. So that, I saw that and I was like, yes. Yeah. That's reality that's what it is today yeah yeah there the strength of the book really does lie in the characters and the relationships that's the thing that gets it gets it over even sort of the slow humps because you're interested in in everybody's interaction you know and slide is a really good character to see a different side of spencer too you know because you're sort of used to him dealing with peers you know you're used to him with susan and hawk and so to have this yeah. yeah to have this character comes in when he's not a father you know when he that's not a regular thing in his life, but but you do see that bond and that, that really sells the story. So, right? Yeah. 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 Did this encourage you to pick up more Robert B. Parker books? 
It may not. Okay. But if I was to read another book and be yeah. like, well, this turned out pretty good and uh -huh. I'm bored today and <laughs> I'm going to read one of these. Okay. You know, so yeah, it's a clean book. Yeah, that's true. So you don't find a whole lot of that anymore. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, in the future, if it had to come to it, I would probably <laughs> pick one of those. <laughs> All right. All right. So if you were in a situation where you had to, you wouldn't protest reading another no. Robert B. Parker book. No. Okay. Especially if, you know, they were pretty much the same kind of yeah. books. You yeah. Know, just, I'm not a romance novel, so. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, th Amy, thanks for doing this uh, Page Turner's Christmas Book Club no with me here on mic, at least. I mean, we still get to do it. And hopefully people yeah. are still reading along with us and can add their comments, you know, on, on social media or whatever. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. Have you have you done much to get into the Christmas spirit yourself yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Since okay. November. Okay. I put the Christmas tree up, all the lights in okay. the, outside the house, you know. Okay. Uh, scented pine cones. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yes. I what, am definitely. What makes Christmas your list of things that, like, it's not Christmas until, like, what are the things that you have to do every Christmas? Oh, tree up. Tree up, yeah. It's not Christmas until That's the tree the start. is up. Okay. And then from there, I'm always like in the moment, okay. in the season. And my little village is up. So oh, okay. that really, for me, that was the perfect frosting on the cake yeah. for the Christmas spirit. Okay. So you have an elaborate Christmas village? We were able to put it up the first time this year because oh, my wow. husband got me like each village each year. Oh, okay. So we have enough now to you make a village, yeah. little people. Okay. And so that is my favorite oh part. sure yeah does it light up and everything yeah oh yeah yes yeah it's got um street lights yeah of course they're fake but yeah we've got a we've got something similar that we usually put up every year we'll kind of like each maybe not every single year but we'll we'll grab a new addition to the little christmas village you know and, and put it up so that is a lot of fun are there christmas movies that you have to watch every year definitely christmas carol okay and i recently watched a new grinch movie. oh okay yeah um, the, the animated and, one yeah the, the cgi yeah yeah and I enjoyed that. So okay. I'm thinking I might have to watch that. Okay. Maybe every year. All right. Oh, okay. Wow. So uh, definitely The Christmas Carol. Yeah. The Wonderful Life, um, you know, it's I can watch or not watch every year. How I, about you? I have weirdly never seen It's a Wonderful Life. I, what? I'm, never, I'm not like purposely avoiding it. It's just never come up. I mean, like I, I like a lot of Muppets during Christmas. So we usually watch like the Muppet Christmas movies. Oh. Um, there's one version of A Christmas Carol that I always watch, and uh, the actor is Alistair Sim, who plays Scrooge, so I definitely have to watch that. <laughs> um, my wife and I usually watch You've Got Mail with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, which has a Christmas scene. It's not technically a full Christmas movie, but uh -huh. it has a Christmas scene, so we count it. Uh, you have to watch we A Wonderful have to. Life. Yeah. That is well, the old classic. Yeah, maybe this is the year. If you happen to find one in the library, yeah. which I'm sure there is, probably you should really should. Okay. Well, maybe I will. Maybe I will. All right. Well, anything else for the good of Christmas before we close up shop today, Amy? No, I think we covered it all. Okay. Well, this is your this is your debut on the David A. Howe Public Library podcast, and I thank you for joining me. Hi. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Stick around in the feed here, and in the next regular episode of How's Things, I have a special interview with best-selling Christmas author Melody Carlson. So we'll see you then. Thank you.